morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the IC Old People podcast. Today is July 7th, 2020. This, I am Dr. Bruce, your host. I am the host of the show. I am a senior myself. The whole concept of the IC Old People podcast is to uh, document, try to kind of come to an understanding of what it's like to age. I just recently turned 60 back in November. This is my 35th weekly podcast. I'm pretty excited to start to uh, get a content library library created. And I'm uh, continuing on my quest to be a, a thoughtful and concerned contemporary witness to the events of the day. I certainly am concerned about what's going on in the world, but I don't try to make the podcast about that. Although occasionally something will come out of my mouth that will refer to the current state of the world. It has been in an awful state for a number of months now. For me to devote the uh, the podcast to that would just be one of thousands that are already being done and, one, and, and other podcasts are doing it much, much better than I could ever, ever possibly do it. So I'm going to try to stick with my core uh, reason for being here on the air and uh, speaking to my audience. Today I got up very, very early. I actually have insomnia. I have uh, onset insomnia. I cannot fall asleep. It's been going on for three weeks now and uh, it's very frustrating because you know by 11 o'clock, 11.30 and I'm going to bed later and later hoping that I will go to sleep. I used to go to bed around 10 o'clock at night and now I'm going to bed at 11, 11.30. Last night I went to bed at midnight and laid in bed until 4 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I don't remember falling asleep, but I must have, and then I woke up at about 6.30. So I ended up with about two and a half hours sleep last night. I'm averaging between two and three hours of sleep every day. So that's that's not good, and uh, I'm just going to try to continue working on that. Uh, I'm trying to get some exercise in the evening, try to tire me out. Yesterday I was uh, to the beach visiting my grandchildren who were uh, camping, and uh, I had a great time. I was uh, I was in the water, in and out of the water. We had a we had a campfire supper. We sat around and talked. Floor. I thought, boy, if there's ever going to be a night that I'm going to sleep, it's going to be tonight, and uh, it wasn't. So this has been three weeks now that I cannot fall asleep. It seems like once I get to sleep, I have a couple of two, three, four, maybe five. No, I'm never five. Maybe four solid hours of sleep. So I'm getting some REM sleep. And I know that's that's vitally important, but uh, just laying there, laying there for hours, it, it, it's so frustrating. I get up from my bed, I go down, I lay on the couch for a while. A couple of days ago, I, it was such a beautiful evening, I just went outside and I sat on one of the lawn chairs and, and watched this gorgeous full moon. Uh, and, just, and then the full moon eventually kind of moved behind my house and I could hear the birds chirping and it was it was morning. So I went back in the house and I tried to sleep and, and I actually slept till 9.30, but I didn't get to bed until 5.30. So then there you go. There's another four hours of sleep. My sleep cycle is all screwed up, but I'm, uh, I'm working on it and uh, I, I'm still functioning pretty well. Uh, so anyway, this morning I got up early and because we're in this incredible heat wave, all of uh, North America is in a heat wave right now. Beautiful Norfolk County here is uh, sitting around 32, 33 degrees every day, every day for the last seven days with no rain, high, high humidity, and it is just, you're just sweating bullets, sweating bullets all the time that you're outside in it. You have to do things very early in the morning. 
I, I rode my bike down to Port Dover, Ontario. It's about 10 kilometers along the rail trail, the old, an old uh, rail line that they converted to a trail. There were all kinds of people on it that early in the morning because that's really the only time you could do that kind of physical exercise. By midday, you know that old saying, only mad dogs and Englishmen go out in the midday sun? Well, it's true. You have to stay out of the sun. It is unbelievably hot. It's like a laser beam hitting you. So, uh, you know, your midday is basically inside reading. Uh, I'm finishing a wonderful book by Leo Tolstoy, uh, Anna Karina. I'll probably finish that today during the midday hours. And then when, this, when the shadows get long again, you know, it's safe to go back out and, and enjoy a little bit of exercise. My poor dog, Bella, uh, she is only getting out very early in the morning and then very late uh, in the day because uh, she's a, a big dog. She's uh, black hair, black curly hair, and uh, she just cannot take this heat. Along my early morning ride uh, in beautiful Norfolk County, Ontario, the smell of pot was very, very prominent as I rode by uh, different areas of town. And it's just so funny how much Canada has changed in just a couple of years. You know, they always grew pot around here, but they grew it out in the middle of a farmer's field. They hid it in amongst the corn because it was illegal. Well, now every household in Ontario can grow, I think in all of Canada, but I know for sure in, in Ontario, every household can grow four pot plants. And pot plants, which I didn't know until now, are very, very fragrant. And they, you can smell them. So you're driving along, I'm riding along on my bike, and people have their pot plants in pots out on their front lawn, uh, out on their front porch. Uh, you can see them peeking up because they're starting to get tall, peeking up above fences. And you can smell the fragrance of marijuana, cannabis. I, I know the government doesn't likes to use the word cannabis now. So you can smell this cannabis as you're riding along. And I mean, just a couple of years, ago this was an illegal product and now it's being grown the way some people grow their peonies or their daisies and th there it is in the gardens all all across Ontario so it's quite a change talk about a cultural shift in our society I was mentioning that I had uh, taken up fishing I bought some tackle when I was away on my vacation and I've got my first fishing rod well I'm happy to say that I got out fishing with a good friend of mine and I finally caught a fish that my rod does work I was wondering if it was because I'd gone out three times with it and uh, gotten shut out all three times but on the fourth try I was fourth time lucky so I caught a beautiful bass, smallmouth bass. Uh, before the day was done, I bought, I caught a second smallmouth bass and a perch. And then my friend caught a largemouth and a smallmouth. So we had quite a nice feed. Uh, we filleted the fish right on the boat. Because I'm a newcomer to fishing, he, he graciously gave me the entire bag of fish. And I brought that home. And on Saturday night, we had a wonderful fish fry. And boy, there's nothing like fresh fish right from the lake. And it was absolutely delicious. So I was going to make a comment about fishing because I was, this was, I was thinking it was going to be my fourth time shut out. We started out and it was pretty quiet again, not even a bite. So we didn't catch our fish till the later part of the morning. And we were out on the lake by 6 a.m. 
and we didn't catch our first fish until probably 8.30 in the morning. So two and a half hours of trolling around with nothing. And I was thinking, you know, this is what fishing really is. This was my definition of fishing at the time. Fishing is just a group of people that are all waiting for, for the first person to say, okay, let's call it a day. And then everyone just agrees and everyone goes back into shore. Uh, so except then you catch one or two and all of a sudden no one wants to call it a day because all of a sudden the reason that they're there has been made clear and fish have been caught and fish are in the cooler and there's going to be fish for supper tonight and then everybody's happy but boy when you get shut out you're trolling around for hours on end in the lake and you wonder if you you, you know maybe you should be at home working on that basement project or maybe you should be uh, out on your bicycle getting some exercise and then you're just waiting for somebody to say okay let's call it a day so uh, fishing is interesting uh, it, I'm really really enjoying it and I'm enjoying it because it's forcing me to do something that's very meditative and very quiet. That's what I need. You know, like I said in my last uh, podcast, I got rid of all my social media. I'm not scrolling through my phone constantly. I'm not constantly looking at the Twitter feed. Uh, I'm not just ignoring what's happening in the world. You know, I certainly will go on a, a news site once a day, maybe, or I, I maybe even a couple... Er, after two days or three days without listening to or seeing any news you know I'll, I'll check in to just see what's happening I want to make sure that uh, you know the world's still working the way it should be and it's surprising it's almost always just the same so whether you check your Twitter feed every 10 minutes or whether you check the news every two days nothing really seems to be different except for peace of mind I uh, feel so much better getting rid of social media I know it's a little harder to find my podcast now, but that's not a big price for me to pay. I am more than willing to uh, to possibly lose a, a, a listener or two because they couldn't find me on Twitter or they couldn't find me on Facebook. But I mean, I'm pretty easy to find. Type in icoldpeople.ca. You go right to my website. Type in icoldpeople.icoldpeople and just in Google and you're going to find me. So, and I'm on Podbeam, Apple, Spotify, all those different places. So, yeah, the smell of cannabis was in the air this morning. It was really, really neat. Today, July 7th, 2020, is my 36th wedding anniversary. 36 years I've been married to my wonderful wife, and many, many, many of them have been happy. So, yeah, that was a little joke I'd heard. I heard that quite a few years ago. I was actually at a 25th wedding anniversary for a, a quite a bit older friend of mine. And he said that joke and he got a good chuckle from everybody. They had, had a little party. and uh, But, you know, in my arrogance, I'd been married about 10, 12 years at the time. And in my arrogance, I thought, you know, what a terrible thing to say. How can you say that many of them were happy? You know, because I was still living in complete, total wedded bliss. You know, I'd only been married 10 years. I had young kids. My career was rocking. And, uh, you know, I was thinking that uh, this guy was an idiot saying such an insulting thing with his wife standing right beside him. But his wife chuckled along. Everybody in the audience thought it was funny. It was only me that thought it wasn't funny. Well, now I understand. You know, I've been married for 36 years. You know, I, I think if you say that every year you've been married and you've been married 34, 35, 36 years, you say every year was wedded bliss, I'll call you a liar. There's no way. It's impossible. You know, life, life gets in the way sometimes of all that wedded bliss. You know, you, you have kids, you raise them, you send them to university. Uh, 
you have fights, you have arguments. I mean, life is not one happy, continuous uh, event. And a marriage of that length of 36 years, uh, there's bound to be conflicts. And, you know, that's just reality. And you just accept it. And, uh, and you move forward with it. And uh, life goes on. This is kind of, uh, you know, where my thinking really evolved after so long. And, you know, so, so many, many of them have been happy. So 36 years. Let me say that 26 of them, 28 of them have been happy, blissfully happy. That's, that's four times longer than most marriages last. So there you are, uh, 36 years of marriage, many, many of them have been happy, wonderful. I have a wonderful, wonderful wife, and I'm very, very happy to, to be one of the old guys that have been married for a long time. So because I'm an old guy, and because I've been married a long time, I think I have a little bit of street cred when it comes to marriage. So I'm going to give some advice to my younger listeners, especially my up-and-coming, moving listeners, you know, that are, are building their new house and their big house in the suburbs, and they're moving on up, and they're starting to, uh, to want those, those more luxurious things. Well, one of the things we did, and I believe it was a mistake, and one of the things I'm going to tell you that you shouldn't do is you shouldn't buy a king-size bed. Okay, that's my advice to you. Think about the king. Is the king a happy guy? The king's throne is against the wall. The king has his henchmen in front of him to protect him. The king is worried every night and day that somebody is going to stab him in the back or poison his food. It's no fun to be the king. And a king-size bed is no fun either. King-size bed is so big, it has two box springs underneath it of two separate single beds, and it has this giant square mattress. You can get into a, into a king-size bed, and I'm a big man. I'm a 250-pound man. You can get into a king-size bed, and you can reach out with your arm, and you cannot touch your spouse. She's so far away from you, and that's wrong. I wish th- I was think that was the worst thing I ever did was buy that king size bed, and I bought it as a status symbol. I thought it because oh wow we have this big house and we have this beautiful big uh, master bedroom, so we must have a king bed. Well, I would turn I would burn that king bed in the backyard if I had an opportunity, and I'd go back to a queen or a double, because you know even if you have a terrible night and you fight and you're angry when you go to bed. You know, you're touching each other in a queen or a king bed, or a queen or, or, or a double. You're beside each other. You're feeling each other's warmth. You're feeling each other's tenderness. And that's something. And that's something that's missing in a king-size bed. So, yeah, all of you guys that are listening to Dr. Bruce, old, old uh, Brucey Blue Balls here, okay, listen, don't buy the king-size bed. Make any excuse you want. Tell, just don't. Just say, oh, you need more room around the edges. You need, it's too high. Make it up. It's too soft. It's too hard. Just don't buy it. Buy a bed where you and your spouse can be close together. You can smell her. She can smell you. She can touch you. You roll over in the night, and she's there. So there's my advice. Get rid of that king bed if you have it. Don't buy one if you're thinking of buying a new bed. All right. I didn't want to get emotional there, but I did have a little quiver in my voice. So uh, anyway, here I am uh, moving on, entering uh, the 37th time. We're going to go around the sun together and uh, and all the challenges that come with that. So we're going to keep moving, going to keep learning 
I'm excited. I feel good. I don't sleep well, but everything else about me is good. I'm still on the wagon and I continue and I will continue to be that way. I have never felt better. I think I even feel better than the last time when I quit for a year and a half. It's just something about it this time. I just feel more vibrant. I feel more alive. I think that relapse and, and when I was going to AA back when I first quit, there was a fellow named Larry I used to go to in the meetings, uh, one of the meetings I used to go to. And he would look at me, and he was an older guy, and he would look at me and he would shake his finger. He would look at me and he would shake his finger. And he would say, you're due for a relapse. There's something about you. It's not right. It's not right. A relapse will really teach you. And, you know, he was right. He was right. That relapse almost killed me now that I've come out of it. I've never felt better. That relapse was the best lesson that I have ever had. And I went to school for many, many years. So uh, it, there's a lot of lessons in life. They're not always in school. In fact, often they're not in school. Sometimes they're from a guy sitting across the way shaking his finger at you because he knows, because he's been there. I want to thank you all for listening. If you've listened to the end, I love you. And uh, please come back, tell your friends, uh, the journey continues, you know, here we are on the second, on the back nine of my 60th year, and I'll be moving on. So life is good, keeping going, and uh, I'm really glad you shared some time with me today. Okay, this is Dr. Bruce, I'll see you NT, I'll see you next Tuesday.